the Sports Career Podcast, episode 165. What is the reality of pursuing a career as a professional woman football player? Season 5 of the Sports Career Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Bowers, and I'm literally pinching myself saying those two words, Season 5. This was an idea back in 2015, and to still be doing this and having the enthusiasm to interview amazing people around the world, I feel very grateful of having this opportunity doing what I do. But if you're a loyal listener, you would have noticed a few things. Firstly, there is a new podcast artwork. Uh, I thought this year had to change things up. The old one was getting a bit old. And secondly, I've changed the name. So this, this podcast show used to be called the Sports Industry Access Podcast, and I've simplified it to the Sports Career Podcast. But as always, my goal each week is to provide you a special guest who is an expert in a specific field in the sports industry, especially if you have an interest in pursuing a career in the football industry. But before we start, I want to share with you a resource that I've created, which I know will serve you well. After interviewing over 150 experts around the world, I've created a free report, which is all about the 15 truths to pursue a career in the sports sports industry, in any industry sector. After interviewing all these great people, I came down to these 15 truths of what actually it takes to make a career a reality. So if you want this free report, just go to education2sport forward slash 15 and you'll be able to download it, apply it to your sports career ambition. But getting back to today's show, for season five, this week's special guest is Yale Ava Birch West. Yale is a professional football player and she's the founder of Techni Football. Also, she's the director of the National Women's Soccer League Player Association, which aims to support professional women footballers on and off the pitch. For that reason, it's such a pleasure to have Yale as a special guest on the show. That is why in today's episode, Yale will share her football career journey and explain to you the reality of what it takes to pursue a career as a professional woman footballer. Yale, it's such a privilege to have you on the show. Please could you share to listeners your football career journey? When did it all start? Unlike in a lot of countries, many of us growing up here in the U.S., our parents knew nothing about the sport, which is the case for me. Both my parents were lifelong athletes, but I actually um, was introduced to, well, what we call soccer, but football, uh, when I was about seven years old because my best friend in school played. And um, from there on, I just you know, I loved it right from the beginning and I became really serious pretty soon into my time playing. So by the time I was around nine or 10, I remember saying, you know, I want to be a professional soccer player when I grow up. And that was all I wanted to do. So, um, from that point on my, uh, my journey took me, you know, I was the only girl on an all boys team. I often was playing with, with older girls as well. Eventually played uh, college soccer at the university of North Carolina. And following that, was fortunate enough to sign my first professional contract. And then fast forwarding a bunch of years, I've had the opportunity to play all around the U.S., 
uh, internationally a bunch and also represent the U.S. on the U.S. Women's National Team a number of times, which uh, which is a real honor. So um, what was my childhood dream has become a, a very long career and a very full career for me. Just quickly going back in time, out of interest, what sports did your parents play? Yes, my parents were both um, very active in general, but mostly long distance runners. They, you know, they were always running road races. My, my dad actually was a very competitive marathoner. So you need to be a special kind of psycho to do that kind of, that kind of athletics. But, um, but yeah, they were runners. They actually still um, are avid athletes and still working out all the time. I find that really interesting when that was your first sort of response, because I always believe that parents have an influence with regards to supporting their children as an elite athlete. Did you get that support system early on? As you said, you need that mindset to be a, you know, a long distance runner. Did that, did your father provide any sort of words of wisdom when you were a nine-year-old going up to being a serious soccer player? Oh, certainly. Yeah. Both of my parents were really influential in, uh, and have been my whole career. Uh, You know, I remember as a young kid, even before I started playing soccer, it was just normal that I would wake up in the morning and my parents had already done their workout or done their run and showered and made breakfast. And it was just what they did every single day. And there was never an excuse, you know, even if it was snowing or bad weather, they were doing jump rope in the house or something indoors. And it's just, there was never a reason that they didn't do it. And so for me, I kind of understood if you're an athlete and if whatever your sport is, which for me, it became soccer, um, you, you chip away at it every day and you have your training routine and there's just, there's nothing else to it. And so it was kind of uh, something I took for granted that I thought was a normal mindset growing up. But now I realize it's pretty special. Just on that point, with regards to your experience over the years, what qualities do you need to be an elite athlete in any sports, just for any listeners who have that sort of same desire you had when you were very young? Yeah, I think you have to pursue what you want to do relentlessly. And what I mean by that is, Um, you have to keep going and you have to always find ways to keep improving. And I think a lot of people um, look at talent and look at, you know, you have to be this good at something at this point or at this age, you need to have played at this level of your sport. And all of that is important. It's important that you compare yourself to your peers and that you are, you know, striving to be one of the most elite in, in whatever your field is. But I think the most important thing is to continue that over time because, We've all seen kind of the young prodigies who then fade out. And I I think the thing I value most about my career personally is all the times where I decided to keep going when it was really tough. So I think that's the most important quality is to continue in the face of all of the obstacles that will certainly come up because they do for everyone. You know, nobody has a smooth path. Absolutely. And just with regards to soccer, it's one of those sports that sort of, it's like a language, if you know what I mean. People connect with it around the world. Did you, did your game develop when you played with different teams and in different countries out of interest, reflecting? Oh, yes, 100%. Um, and, and I actually grew up in a place in the US, in northern New Jersey, where there were a lot of people from different parts of the world living here and coaching. So I grew up with the understanding of how international this game is and how, you know, a lot of my coaches had very strong accents and were from, I mean, just to name a few places from England, from Turkey, Argentina, Peru, um, you know, the Netherlands. So I was used to um, learning the game in all different styles and, and having been coached with all different types of coaching and different types of communication, I was really, um, I think ready to, for the international experience when I played abroad, I I had a little bit of a stint in Russia as well as I played for a year and a half in Sweden. And so um, I absolutely loved it. I love 
um, seeing the culture of the game elsewhere in the world, because I think it's still something we're building here in the U.S. and it's not as developed here. But, you know, you go anywhere else in the world and it's an immediate connecting factor. If you know the game of football, you're an insider in, in your community. And, and it was really wonderful. And I learned a ton as a player and actually felt that a lot of times, especially in the European style of play, I actually had an easier time fitting in with my style on the field um, in Europe as opposed to in the U.S. And just relating to today's podcast topic, because I haven't met you in person, but I was involved with the Athens Women's Football Summit and I was involved with player representation with our panel session. I wanted to talk about today's reality of like the career path to be a professional women footballer, because the one thing I learned, Yale, was this sort of dual career And I was just intrigued in where the game needs to grow and where there's been improvement already. Because I see you've got a football company as well. And I was wondering how you balance the two as a professional athlete and running a business. Yeah, so the reality is that um, even though in the U.S., I think, um, you know, we're doing we're a lot further ahead than other parts of the world. Still, for the vast majority of women's footballers who make it to even the highest level, like top 1% in the world, it's still only essentially part-time pay, even though your commitment to the sport and your training and certainly your experience as a footballer is very full-time. So um, for me, you know, it came to a certain point where I realized, you know, I, I don't want to have to step away from the game I love because I simply can't make enough money to live. So I, um, you know, I had been very involved in sharing training ideas on YouTube and, and coaching players individually and in small groups. And that kind of developed into my business, which is called Techni Football. And it's a, an individual training app for players to work on their individual skills. And it guides the players through all the things that I did when I was a youth player and that coaches from all over the world shared with me and other pro players um, have shared with me over the years. So it's kind of, it's been a really uh, fun and interesting project alongside my playing to be able to start to give back some of those wonderful lessons that I feel that I was given along the way. Just really uh, quickly on your sort of business football career journey, have you learned any lessons in the football industry as a business uh, like CEO, which has helped you on the pitch and vice versa? Well, that's a, re- that's a really interesting question. Um, you know, it's interesting. I definitely, I've, I've learned an incredible amount um, from starting my own business. And I think the biggest thing that I learned that I think translates kind of back and forth between on the field and running a business, especially in the football world, but I think any business, is that it's kind of the same process. It's that you have this long-term vision of the player you want to be or what you want your company to be, but at the same time, you have to start somewhere. So you're, you're obviously, when you start, you're not at your final vision yet, and you have to figure out what to do each day, each week, each month, and each year to get yourself closer to that final vision. And it's a, it's a long-term process, and it really kind of, like I was saying before, there are lots of ups and downs along the way. So that piece of loving what you do and being passionate about it and feeling the importance of what you do, is so important to keep you going. So I think um, for me, working with the Techni Football app and also continuing my own training on the field um, have really gone hand in hand and, and kind of constantly each remind me for my other, for my other job that, you know, constant improvement just find those little things you can do each day to get better and better and um, that's the best you can do absolutely and just from a player perspective how was building a personal brand important as well 
because I think that's the one thing from a student perspective, it's exactly the same. Building a brand online is so important with regards to elite sport, but also in business. Yeah, you know, the really cool thing now with social media, I think, is that you can, you know, with how easy it is to build a personal website and create social media channels now, you can really build a brand with very little else. You don't need to hire somebody to help you. You don't need anything other than kind of some introspection to think about who you are and what you can offer to the world. And I think for me, starting to build my personal brand, but then what translated into technique football was really about thinking deeply about what is at the core of what drives me? Like, what do I love most about this game and what do, what excites me in life each day? And then being able to share that with other people. So I think um, I, I love social media for that reason. It allows anybody to kind of share and interact with the things that they care about and things they find entertaining and um, for me, that, that was the way I started this all. I was sharing videos on YouTube and on social media, and I realized that people wanted that type of training content. So then I continued from there. But I think for everyone, um, students, uh, athletes, you know, everyone has that time when you're sitting by your phone. Everyone has a smartphone these days. And, and instead of using that time just to scroll aimlessly, there's a lot you can do to actually set yourself up to eventually get into the workforce or eventually um, have your own business after a long playing career, hopefully. Out of interest, do you have like a little schedule where you sort of go on social media for, for those sort of times to add value? Because that's the term I use. Do you sort of schedule it in your diary? No, I actually don't schedule that because that for me is, I, I find it fun and I don't need to remind myself to do it, to be very honest. There are certain things, uh, kind of like my training, I, I know I'm going to find the time each day to do it. And so um, I don't actually schedule that in. What I do have to schedule is all the other work <laughs> that it takes because that's the part that um, that will slip through the cracks if it's not in my schedule. So for me, I think I, I think that's a big lesson I've learned is that the things that you truly enjoy, uh, you don't have to use discipline to do them. And that's what I find with me with playing with the ball. I feel like, you know, for, for things like fitness, uh, lifting weights, all the, what I consider the hard work, I have to schedule that in. Same thing with my business, the things that answering emails and all that, I, I need to schedule it in. But the parts that I really love, uh, I want to do and I wake up and that's the first thing on my mind. And I think, you know, building my brand and sharing things I'm passionate about is one of those things. So basically it's showcasing that creativity of yours in sort of like the work you do. Yeah. And I think, I think showing people that, you know, this is real, like you, you alluded to uh, the little video I posted on my personal social media this morning, you know, with, with my business, with the training app, I'm always telling people, you know, this is something that you have for life when you form this individual relationship with the ball. And that's something I've lived myself. So I like to show people that, you know, this is real. I don't have, I don't need to go out with a film crew and prepare a beautiful video to post three weeks from now. I literally propped up my phone in the gym. I had my ball with me and I took a little video of what I was doing and anyone can do that. So I think that's what makes it, um, that's what makes it accessible for everyone. Absolutely. And out of interest, what inspired you to, be involved with the National Women's Soccer League Player Association. What inspired you to get involved in that project as well? Yeah, so I realized a little while into my career that all of a sudden I was a veteran player in the U.S. Uh, so it happened quickly. I went from feeling like I was a new professional to realizing, wow, you know, I'm one of the older players and I really um, I can take a leadership role here. And it was something that just we needed as a group of players. We had no voice as a group of players and no representation. And it we could have, you know, 
relied on outside help or outsiders to come in and try to organize us and create an organization like that. But I figured, you know, I worked with some of my peers in the league. We were all current players at the time and we formed the organization, which I think is a lot more powerful um, because, you know, we, we're living this life and uh, we know what's most important to us as players in the NWSL. So the organization is totally formed by active players. This year actually was my first year not playing uh, playing in the league myself. I had to step away due to some health issues. So I took a kind of an outsider role, but obviously coming from the player experience, I'm still very tied in with what's going on on the ground, so to speak. So really um, there, there was a need for something to exist and myself and some other individuals within the league stepped up and kind of are working to fill that gap. Out of interest, what's your vision with this organization? Yeah, I mean, I think that th- there's the traditional especially in the U.S., there's a very negative connotation associated with labor unions. It's like the employer against the employee. And really, we started this to change that model for in, in soccer. And we feel that in women's soccer in the U.S., there is no room for different entities involved in the league to be battling each other. The battle is with the outside world to show everyone the type of opportunity and the type of quality that we have available for people to buy into and to watch on a weekly basis in our league. And so we really believe in collaborating with the team owners, with the league front office and working together to grow this league. So for me, my vision would be that, um, that we are part of helping to create a really wonderful thriving league in the U S that is the best league in the world. And, you know, there's a lot of competition now, a lot of big European clubs are starting to put a great investment into the women's game and you can see it paying off. And, and there's some wonderful stories there. And I think um, for us in the U S you know, we have a lot of special things. We have the world cup champions playing in our league and for us as players to be part of progressing the league over time and making sure that it's sustainable and it stays for a long time and generations from now, players are still looking forward to playing professional women's soccer in the U.S. I think that would be a huge success for us. And also just from a like career development, have you got an interest in the coaching side of the women's game as well? Yeah, I've, I've thought of it. Um, I actually, you know, I am very passionate about when it comes to coaching, working with the individuals and small groups. And that's kind of where technique football has come from. But in terms of coaching and maybe coaching at a high high level in the league, um, I don't know about it myself, but I do know that I certainly would love to empower players from our current player group to go on and continue to have roles in the game, whether that's coaching, being a GM, owning teams. We need more women in leadership roles on and off the field. So whether it's myself or others, I hope that if it's not me, I can empower others to consider that as a really exciting and viable career path. Look, I find this conversation really interesting. I think it's also really important to highlight what we've been speaking about. Out of interest, what have you been up to recently? So good question. A, a lot of things. <laughs> um, <laughs> so in my in my time away from playing this season, you know, I still I still am uh, very tied to the game, and like I, I love I love my time at the gym. I love when I can go out and, and play with the ball. So I haven't totally gone away from that. But I do have one of a very full time job uh, running my business and trying to spread the word about about the app and working with a lot of clubs in the U.S., but also some internationally to implement technique football as part of what they offer to allow more players 
around the world to feel that they can take ownership over getting better and spending time with the ball. And in addition to that, that full-time job, I have another, what could be full-time job, you know, operating and running the players association and helping to continue to get that off the ground. So I think, um, I, I basically could have three jobs, but I, I have to I have to be very careful and and try to um, keep my work schedule as minimal as possible. And that's something that I'm really working on is to leave time for relaxation. And it sounds silly because I don't think it's a problem that most people have, or maybe maybe a lot listening do. But for me, I actually now I have an alarm that goes off two times a day that reminds me to relax for 20 minutes. So with all the work I'm doing, I also am really trying to make time to relax and to focus on my health. So a lot going on, but all really positive, wonderful things. Yeah, well, I really do hope you take that on board with guys what you've just said because I think that's really important to find those periods of a day. Like I do a walk every lunch with no phone and just find that time for a bit of mindfulness. And just relating to your career now, looking back, what have you enjoyed the most from your football career journey? Well, yeah, there have been a lot of special moments. And I think for me, you know, there's a couple of things I can pick out that actually when I started my career, I wouldn't have thought these would be the things that I've, that I've enjoyed most, but one is certainly the relationships I've made. Um, some of my best friends, my husband, I, I met them through the game of football and I've been able to connect with people of all different backgrounds from different places in the world who, and, and travel to places in the world that I never would have been people I never would have met. And that's something that, you know, not many career paths can offer you that opportunity in the same way that this has. So that certainly, you know, jumps to mind first. And I think another really big thing for me has been the understanding and the feeling of setting a goal, a really long-term goal and a really lofty goal and going through the process of bringing that goal to life. And I think that there's so much that goes into that, that is really rewarding and empowering. And that's why I always, when I speak to youth soccer players, but also just athletes of any sort or, or anybody who has, has a goal, it could be to own your own business or something, some other field. Um, I think that the, the big message I share is that if you set a really lofty goal and you embark on that process and you pour yourself into it completely and do the very best you can, you will succeed. Whether you ex- exactly reach your goal or not, because Personally, I've had goals that I didn't reach and I fell short of, but in trying to be the absolute best I could be and holding nothing back, I've already succeeded. And that's what I try to share with others is that that process is so rewarding in ways that I can't even express in words. So I I hope that many others um, feel that along their journeys as well. Yeah, I can definitely hear that. And thank, thank you so much for sharing that sort of goal setting strategy And to be honest, you've provided so much career guidance tips with regards to your examples, but I'd like to finish with an inspirational question. What three career tips would you give to university students who aspire to work in the football industry? I think one, you need to, you need to love the game because like anything, and like I've shared, whether it's on the field or in the industry business wise, um, it's tough. It's really tough. And so that love of the game and appreciation and respect for the game is what carries us all through everyone in the industry, I, I believe. And I, I know a lot of people who work outside of, you know, the on-field stuff that I do and even outside of um, the area of my business. But I think everyone would share that same feeling, those who are in the industry currently. Um, I think second would be to consider the the variety of paths you can take within the industry. You know, I know 
for me, it's often I would think, okay, well, you become a professional player or you become a coach, or maybe I thought, you know, okay, you could own a team. There's like three things. There are media roles. There are so many different types of management roles. Um, work, you know, clubs, front offices have so many different types of, of expertise that they can make use of. The same thing with leagues themselves. And there's so many roles even that I, I don't even know of that I can't list off. But I think the variety, if you want to stay in the football industry, to consider the full variety of what you can do to contribute. And that's something that, you know, I even feel pretty naive about, but I do realize there's a lot out there. And I think third would be to you know, find people who are doing what you want to do and learn from them. You know, that's the best, that's the best way to go about it. You know, if you want to be a professional footballer, you watch footballers, you see what they do, you see how they warm up, uh, how they train. And I think it's the same in any field. If you want to do something and you have the goal of being there, find somebody who's doing it, learn from their mistakes, see what you like that they're doing and what you maybe don't like and would do differently yourself. And that's the best way to imagine yourself in that role and to, you know, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Most of it's been done already by someone. Can you do it better? Hopefully you can, but um, you don't have to make up the path yourself. Well, I hope the listeners take that all on board as much as I have. Yael, how can people interact with you online or social media? Yeah, so um, I know my name has complicated spelling, but my uh, my if you search my name on any social media or or um, my personal website is yaelaverbush.com. So Y-A-E-L-A-V-E-R-B-U-C-H.com. And if you search my name on social media as well, uh, you can't miss it because there are not a lot, of, a lot of people with the same name, which is good. Um, and then also, if you, uh, if you simply go to the app store, you can download the Techni Football app. It's spelled T-E-C-H-N-E-F-U-T-B-O-L. Uh, and likewise, technifootball.com is the website if you want to check that out. And same thing on social media, just searching technifootball. Uh, we, we have a skill of the day feature we share on Instagram. So if anyone wants to contribute a skill of the day, we'd love to feature you. But yeah, it's pretty, pretty easy to find if you search either my name or technifootball. That is great. To all the listeners listening in, all those links will be on my website relating to this blog post. Yael, it's been such a pleasure chatting with you today. Thank you very much. Oh, the pleasure is mine. Thank you. What a fantastic way to kickstart season five. And I honestly hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. But with regards to today's podcast topic, I hope you've got a better understanding about what it really takes to pursue a career as a woman football player and understand in reality where it is and where there can be growth. And I really find it fascinating with the different hats Yael has as a player, being involved in a business, her own business, but also being part of a women's player association. I'm really intrigued of how her journey will grow on but that's what it's all about that's the biggest thing I've learned from Yael is really sticking to what you enjoy like her enthusiasm with regards to football you can just tell with all the different roles she does and that's something I want to share with you now with regards to your sports career ambition the enjoyment factor is so important and we use this word a lot. You hear it a lot on this podcast show with regards to passion, but it's that passion really that really helps you in those moments when you go through a roadblock with regards to um, a big decision you've got to make with regards to your career journey or even just starting. If you want to work in the sports industry and this podcast is giving you that real ambition to give it a go and start, that's all it can take. And that's the passion through sport. So look, 
I really do hope you've enjoyed this as much as I had. And look, let's make your career a reality in the sports industry in what you want to do. Just make it happen. Now, as always, at the end of each podcast chat, I like to finish with a inspirational quote. Yael said, pursue what you want to do and do it relentlessly. 